I am unashamed. What about you? So my brother, Jeff, who is my metal detecting partner, he he's really... Yeah, brothers, we all have different roles. He's your, he's your metal yeah. detecting brother. Yeah, I got him. Hooked. I'm your preaching brother. But Jeff, he's you know, trying to make a buck, which is kind of weird. People detect for different reasons. <laughs> and we've talked about it before. Yeah. <laughs> he goes for the low-hanging fruit. He goes. Every to, time he comes to my house, he starts looking through like if there's some change, and he's, he's looking through the my. Oh, he's gone through everything. <laughs> he's look, look, you, looking through your ashtray without a metal detector. <laughs> look, I mean, that's, that's, a job, fit, that's low-hanging fruit. He there's, went down. You know, we used to have a boat dock down here. Yep. And I had taken Phil down there, or maybe it was Burley. I can't remember. I was showing him how the metal detector worked, and... I just went right under that mailbox and literally, I didn't even need my detector. I took my little pinpointer and it just ding, 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 because people would put quarters and. When you're commercial stuff. fishing for a living, we come up with a scheme, put a mailbox down there, put down there $1 to launch. If you want to launch your boat on my property, stick a dollar in the mailbox. It was actually Granny's investment because we didn't have any money. She came up with that. She idea. came up with the idea because you had to invest in pouring a concrete ramp, yep. which we did. The problem was nobody really knew a lot about, you know, making sure the thing's not too steep. So you remember that first one we built, yep. that thing was so steep. How many trucks went to the bottom of the creek through the, through the history of the boat ramp? <laughs> a number of them, fortunately, without the people in them. Their bursty brake would break through, and they'd just take off and disappear. Yeah. And we'd get a, you know, a big machine down there, you know, trucks, big pulleys, and, and they'd, they'd just pull them right back up out of the – They'd send the man diving down in there, hook onto the truck, and yeah. they'd just take a that big. You know, get Looking boom back on, on it, it's a, a boom truck, and look, I've seen the trucks come out, the lights still on because they launched four daylight. Oh, I know. Mercy brake didn't hold. The mower, my truck gone. Yeah, remember the one? I wonder we didn't get sued over all that. Oh, you know? I I think there were a few threatening lawsuits because <laughs> Phil had a hump. The only reason we didn't get sued is because they looked at what we had. <laughs> Wasn't anything. There. I was commercial fishing and getting a dollar a launch, and they said you ain't getting any money out of that. Yeah, boat. you're gonna get the twenty bucks in that mailbox. Anything because there was a hump in that concrete and they would scrape their bumpers on it, or yeah. you know, but uh, but it was average about $30 a month. And you think about it, we thought that was pretty good. Oh, I, I remember the most exciting part of the day was going out there and checking the mail. Amazingly, Jace found out about the dollar launch and they'd get out their quarters and stuff, but they, some of them would leave notes saying, saying okay. I, I didn't have but 50 cents, yeah, I'll make I'd it up note, next time. They thought I was monitoring it with a gun, but but I really wasn't. But they said that redneck up there, he's watching you. You better make sure you put that money in there. Well, it might have been how you look. But they were dropping quarters and dimes and pennies, and I didn't realize that it was a treasure trove for a hunter. Because Jace goes down there and he, oh, it, that thing goes nuts. <laughs> a eight foot circle around that where the mailbox was. You know, we, we're moved past the dollar. Why does it say there was a time when kind of the mailbox and the boat launch, you know, kind of went in the rearview mirror. We weren't really worried about the we, dollar. We graduated out of that phase of our financial status. Which is funny because now that's the kind of the, it's been the through the years the baptismal spot is down there. That's the where we baptized. Up. Well, yeah. on the last podcast, we I had talked about one of my finds was this. It had 50 on it. And we didn't know what it was. I said it was some kind of token. Well, Jelp, he found it on the internet, the exact token. And the reason we couldn't figure it out, it was this was one of a collection of 244 miscellaneous Texas trade tokens. So I found this in Louisiana at my place, but it was actually from Texas. It was a lumber, Johnson & Tucker lumber token so back then so we know the time they don't have the time they say we uh creation information the depression unknown right? creation date unknown but the tokens took off during the depression because they didn't want to give you money back right so this if they ever went back to johnson is that token Tucker, you owe me no this would be the change like they paid you know four dollars and it was 350 and so instead of giving them 50 cents back, you get a token. 
You get this nice. So the next time you come, so the John only thing Tucker, I'd be good for was more from. It's, it's kind of what you do now, actually. If you go to Walmart and you return something, they don't give you your money back. Yeah. They give you credit for Walmart. So, so that's in other what words, this is. Yeah, that's what that. That's is. why it's not made of silver. And so somebody like me, if I'm going to figure out if Johnson and Tucker first still in business. Then I'll next time I go by there, <laughs> I will pull in there, worth of and I'm gonna say I'm gonna drop that down. <laughs> Where? What, what can I get for give this? Give me four nails, <laughs> two tube of fours, and one tube of six, ten foot long. No, that ain't gonna cover it. But <laughs> you're gonna wind up spending more than you did. So, but it's interesting. I mean, it's. When you think about the history of the Depression and out of the token, I mean, I found That's, this out in the middle of Louisiana. What's you know it what's doing amazing? Speaking of all this, the Depression and all that, <clears throat> we live in a country where it's beyond doubt. Be, all you have to do is just step back and look on how blessed, especially when it comes to the flow of money yep. that America has generated and and for people to turn against that it's crazy is beyond me because i mean look the money is it, it's just in every direction and i mean uh, well, Phil, and that, under capitalism that, and we, we you know we came up with we sound like we knew what birds sounded like and somebody says so are you jumping up and down about that i said well it's a particular skill set that yeah. i'm going to try to to make a living at it yeah because i know what birds sound like i'm going to build devices that sound like the birds and they're like that idiot. Do you have a college degree? I said, yeah, a couple of them. They're like, and you're going to get into the uh, selling devices that sound like birds? You actually think that'll work? I said, I think it'll work. Listen, I never deviated from that. I never lost hope in that. I never doubted that. I was just looking at capitalism and how it works. And I said, if you can sound like birds and other people can't, you sell them devices where they can sound like the particular bird they're after to call the bird in, I said... And how many years did it take yeah. for it before it, it built it? It, it, it took about 35 years. Yep. 35 years later, somebody says, we thought you were an idiot when you first come up with this idea, <laughs> but now the, the, it's all out in the open. You're a genius. So, you're right. You're, it so, does it say something <laughs> about America, and just look at the backdrop. You also have I mean, no sign in the papers, no checking with the authorities. Just put a board up out there, Duck so, Commander... <laughs> I got to tell the story. So in 2014, we went to Louisiana Tech University. Dad had not been back since he left there after his degrees. That's which correct. Which is in this early <clears throat> 70s. We go, and so they decide, because we're famous, we're on TV, Terry Bradshaw's there. It was it was a great evening. Dad didn't want to go. I said, oh, we got to go, Dad. So we didn't know, but that night – the president of the university comes in, all these people with the suits on, and we're in the football coach's office. And they're like, <clears throat> you know, get everybody's attention here. And so they're like, um, we want to take this opportunity to just, you know, we're so glad to have Terry and Phil back you know, together on the campus. You know, they're doing their little speech. So the president says, and we want to take this opportunity to honor Phil Robertson as the, alumni of the alumnus of the year to yeah. go into our Hall of Fame. So everybody's looking. Yeah, at a, they were their little smattering of. So dad, okay, dad's down there. So look, he's just a cigar store Indian. He's just looking, no smile, nothing. It's just like an awkward moment because they're waiting for him to say something. Mm-hmm. And so dad looks over at me, and when he does, I thought, oh crap, I, I know what's coming. Because like you know how dad does the when he wants to confront you, he talks to me yeah. about you. So he looks over at me, he says, Al. Remember when we used to fish the Washtenaw River? And now everybody's just You were quiet. thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> I knew what was coming. We're going I said, down a road. I we said, yep. go down. He said, we were getting 70 cents for catfish and 30 cents for buffalo. You remember them days? <laughs> I was like, yes, sir. I remember. And so they're wondering, like, what is, what's he business say? He says, you know, everybody, all my old buddies, everybody from college days, they said I was some kind of idiot for Fishing the Washtenaw River, building duck calls. You remember that? He's he's looking at me, and there's this room full of people, and I'm like, yeah. And I'm just trying to think, how are we going to get out of this? This is we're going off the track here. He said, now, forty years later, 
you know, I'm some kind of genius. He said, it's almost like Michael Miracles have it. <laughs> well, now everybody's kind of like chuckling, but they're they're thinking, is he serious? And yeah. and it was Bradshaw that bails the moment out. He starts slapping his leg. He said, Phil, they don't care about any of that stuff. You're rich and famous now. They just want to chat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I said, okay, now the chickens are come home. Oh, roost. Yeah, that, that was one of the fun. I mean, I, I never forget. I was, I was like, I was you. an idiot until the money started flowing. And then they said, he's a genius. Right. Can you, you know, shave off about a hundred grand for us? I mean, too well, hard. cause they're like, we'll make you, we'll put a picture of you in a frame on our wall. Yep. And that's what they did. And give us some money. <laughs> That's, That's right. how this works. Well, the that, picture look, went on the wall. I'm not sure the money ever went. I'm going to tell you this, Out of Phil, all my college Phil. classes, none of the professors ever said, make sure if you can sound like a bird, do so. Build a device I'll that'll you, work. I'll tell you something else. If you give them like a million bucks, they'll name a building after you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I want yeah. to give y'all a bit Are of, you going to flow some money into So I got to show the picture, Cole. They're we good gotta, people. I love them. They but, are. And, yeah. and and look, on Dad's, <clears throat> just to close that, so on Dad's, uh, we'll show you this picture on the podcast, but there's a picture of Dad hanging on this wall. And you got to think about it. Tech's been around a long time, 150 years. And I could have pursued <laughs> the, the football career. Well, I've got yeah. to tell you Looking back, I'm right, so minute, happy that I didn't do that, especially now that I'm looking. I'm, I'm happy for Bradshaw that he, he went on. But and, so when and I was looking, on, big. so I was looking on the Hall of Fame wall, Dad. I just didn't have it in my heart. I didn't want to do that. I know. And here's what was interesting. So, all these people, and a lot of names I recognize: business people, Kicks and Dunn, Carl Malone, all these people. And Dad, looking just like he does on the podcast today, is his picture. It's a brass thing, you know. Yeah. And it says, um, "Television personality, oh, hunting icon, television personality, class of '69." And then servant of Christ, <clears throat> which I thought was really neat because in Jesus Christ was only mentioned on one plaque out of all those ones, and it was on that. That's a good thing. So to I thought say. that was pretty good. I never used my my degrees. It it never helped me in the particular uh, decision to do what I did as far as the duck calls all go. Uh, my education had nothing to do with it. it, I but, said, it gave well, you, but it gave so you much. Well, why did you stick stay the course and and earn the two degrees? I did that as kind of like an insurance policy. Right. I said I do have a couple of degrees. You it will open some doors. You taught or but, it, but it does yeah. help you with confidence. It's like I used to say that about the school that Al and I went to. I was like, I've never used any of this stuff, but. That's a that was an immature way to look because it taught me perseverance. Yep. Uh, it did. I accomplished something. It you know gave me confidence. And, you know, and you do learn little things that that I think you don't realize you use. But I want to say this because there, there's some irony here. Now you just think about if you go back. Here's you and Terry Bradshaw from Shreveport, Louisiana, and y'all go to Louisiana Tech. Y'all both can throw a football. Because you're you were from the Shreveport area, both of you were. Yep. So you wind up on the same team, you know. You made some poor life decisions, whatever, and basically turned down the possibility of an NFL career. Yep. Because you know they play football during Doug's season. Because you you had the ability to do yeah. that if you could have done. So here's Bradshaw. He goes wins four Super Bowls. I think he won four. Yep. And you. Build the duck calls. I'll I'll tell you where I'm going with this. You're you're going to be shocked what I'm fixed to tell. Really? Yes. So you build the duck calls and make duck hunting videos, and then the show comes about a reality show. Become famous. You know everybody's saying, "Well, y'all both wound up famous." Well, now Bradshaw he gets on TV, becomes a bit of a kind of a little bit like your family on the TV show, and now yeah. guess what? Guess who's fixing to launch? A reality show. You? Terry Bradshaw. Oh, really? <laughs> Him and his family. Yep, it's fixing to come out. Really? And I thought, now what a weird world. I saw, I was watching something the other day, and they were like, new. And it was pretty much Duck Dynasty, Terry Bradshaw. It had the same feel. That and I thought, amazing. here's two guys. You played football together. They went separate paths. You did the reality show, and then he comes full circle, because he used to make fun of you for being on the reality show, and now he has a reality show. <laughs> so, what are the odds? Let's take a break. 
So in uh, 2014, uh, Evan Hafer and uh, also Army Ranger Matt Best, they combined two passions that now we're getting to enjoy. It was developing premium roast-to-order coffee and support veterans in the military community, something that we both love. We love good coffee, and we love our vets. These guys started Black Rifle Coffee Company, uh, and and what a blessing uh, that they are to us. We love their coffee. Uh, we love yeah. what they stand for, uh, so we want to encourage you guys to check some out. And sometimes, even while we're filming, you'll hear the coffee pot in That's the right. background. <laughs> exactly, which Percolate. happened recently, and I forgot to <laughs> describe that, Jay. That was the second pot of Black Rifle coffee. Murdered out. That's what we like. So you can purchase your coffee at blackrifle.com slash feel. Use the promo code feel. You get 20% off. Uh, your first purchase. And and we like doing the coffee club because it just shows up. So dad's a member of the coffee club. I'm a member of the coffee club. It just shows up at our house and we get to enjoy it. So check them out. BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Phil. Well, uh, let's face it. That's really is not shocking because to me Bradshaw's life is like a reality. I mean, like oh, yeah. he's kind of a folk hero oh, kind yeah. of guy. He's just he's good natured. I you think know? he's got a lot of psi tendencies. Oh yeah, he I does. Mean, yeah, he does. they're a lot alike because I whoever I, I think I was he's watching a, he's a, football. a great guy to he's be around. I was watching a football game and the, whoever was introducing the show because they had just run an ad. I saw the commercial to it. He's like, well, I tell you this: when we were in the on the set doing the football, he said we laughed from the moment he walked in to the time he walked oh, out, yeah. which is a lot like Cy. I mean, He's a every, jokester. Everybody yeah, yeah. says the same. Well, thing. I, I think he'll it'll be a, a success. I, for, I'm, I'll probably <laughs> watch. I don't watch a lot of TV anymore, but I'll probably watch that. You know, he and I since that night we traded phone numbers just to stay in touch, and so I text him from time to time. So I texted him when Mom bought that walk-in tub. And you know that's he's a spokesman for several things, and what that's one of them. And I said, I said, hey Bradshaw, um, mom bought the walk-in tub, you know, and we thought it was funny because that's like your thing. And he texted back, he said, oh, she's gonna love that thing. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that is I was one. just a joke. I was kind of joking with him about it, but he was like, oh, that thing is something. I mean, it's, can it's we do something about that commercial? <laughs> Have you seen the commercial? The guy he got he's he like. He's an older, elderly guy. He takes a, his robe off, you know, and the woman sitting over there. I'm like, what? It's all about a walk-in tub. And I'm like, this is way too awkward. Just show me the darn tub. I don't want to see an elderly guy. Because I'm like, what's under there? Oh, no, I don't want to watch. Well, and then he's in the tub, you know, like, do it. But it's just so cheesy. I'm like, please redo that. Mom found out the hard way that, you need to. The door has to be all the way shut and and latched. Yeah. Before you her go. first tub full all ended up on the bathroom floor. <laughs> oh, here we go. She was hollering. I waited back and I said, "I said, look, now that could have been a commercial. It. It's got a latch on it." Miss she K. seems to have problems at this stage of her life with any kind of tub. Yeah, you know, she went to walking jelts. wreck. <laughs> she went to jelps and took a shower and wound up in the hospital with like 14 stitches. Oh, it's like, yeah. But I'm not going to stash her in some home somewhere. No. I said, hey, just relax. I'll take care of you. Yeah. Well, she's back. got, because of uh, meds she's had to take, so her, her skin is real thin now, and so it's very easy to cut. So the other day the dog jumps on her and, She's having to wear all these protective things on her oh, arms yeah. and legs. Yeah, she's wearing them. leggings. Leggings, that's right. Yeah. Well, hey. Maybe. But I've been running with y'all's mama since she was about 15, so I'm going to ride her right on out and let her, <laughs> let her just, she do whatever she wants to do. Huh? <laughs> Look, when you get in your 70s and all this tripping, falling, falling out of the bathtub, yeah. you know, dogs jumping on your arms, cutting them real bad. I mean, now it's just like, I said, yeah, I mean, when you were a young kid, Miss Gay, so, I'll stay with you. No, I read so, that the number one problem with people over 70 is no disease. Falls. 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 That's for mom can't, for sure. Can't stand so, up. So dad, during this recent batch of mom's falls, Stone was telling me the other day that they were having lunch and dad was doing the prayer. And, and you know, mom said, be sure and pray for me, you know, my whatever. So dad's praying, you know, and he says, and Father, just bless Miss Kay. We want to have her around a few more years with all her various ailments. <laughs> his hands up, said all her various ailments. I mean, you just kind of lumped it into the broader thing. But actually, she's doing really good. This is probably yep. she's she's walking. She's a, she's doing the low carb 
diet. So she's by uh, the way, she said that, that uh, you you're going to put her on the podcast. Is that? Is, is yeah, that, yeah, we got her coming. Is that up. a rumor? Is that she coming up? No, she's coming up. We uh, we've got a, uh, a potential exciting get female guest, and so Jace, we're going to bump Jace off of that one. Let Mom take his chair. I, I won't tell who it is. And so I salute we, all women, womanhood, all womanhood <laughs> worldwide. If uh, Miss K stayed the course with me, that's all I got to say about that. She did. Women are strange creatures, but you know you you need one. You know, and it's interesting because the last podcast we talked about being prodigals, you were and I was as well. And you know, Mom, she forgave you for that past yep. forty four years ago. And it was interesting because when Phyllis came into our lives, which we didn't know, I mean, she was she was from that era, and I'm sure. And again, not to disparage. You know, a surprise like that. A lot of women, if they really hadn't forgiven their husband, something like that could really upset the apple cart. You know what I'm saying? Because now all of a sudden we got another person. And yet, you know, mom, from the first night that I shared that with both of you, was just, she never wavered. wavered. And she was like, oh, I get a girl, you know? Well, I think it's underestimated God when he designed marriage between a man and a woman. People don't realize that they make you, and I'm saying when you put your faith and trust in putting God first, they actually com- complete you. They, I, right. I'm, I was a disaster before I met Jesus, and I was somewhat a disaster before I met my wife. I mean, she basically brought out the best in me. I mean, hopefully I... I no, you're exactly same. right, Jason. In fact, <clears throat> I believe that's exactly what Genesis 2, it, it's, it's a synergy there. It's one plus one, but it's more than two. It's better than two. Yeah, I always say one plus one equals one, but I meant yeah, we're actually one. That's right, because that's Me. what he says. There's there's a permanence that happens. Yeah, and I've always felt like the synergy that comes out of a couple that really gets it and understands it is on the same spiritual page. I mean, you could do anything. <laughs> the biblical model by far is the best model. That's right. Any way you want to slice, that's exactly. Right. No doubt. America has forgotten that, and it's come back to haunt them. But there's nothing finer on planet Earth and more uh, peace-giving than a good woman. But I've used that as an example. Used to when people used to ask me, how do you explain God being three entities and yet one? Mm -hmm. And and a lot of people have arguments and controversy. And I used to say, well, it's kind of like an egg. You know, you got the shell, the the white stuff, and the yolk. I mean, but it's one egg. But they have different properties. But I've now since used the husband wife, even though it's only two, I'm like, well, we're one. Yep. I mean we are and the and the longer you stay together, the more you function as right. one, even when you're not together. We're we're one entity. A good woman is when you when you come back at midday from being in the woods and the first question she asks and she's legitimately concerned. Did y'all get them? And I'm like, we got them. She said, hey, you want me to fix some duck wraps or you want to cook a gumbo? Yep. And she starts figuring out the way we go eat the things. Yep. Yeah. Well, it took, but, see, but when, it took Missy 20 years. When a woman asks you, did you get them or not, that's a good sign. <laughs> well, it took, For Missy, our world, it took, took Missy 20 years to get to that stage. Yeah, that takes because a while. She wouldn't them. eat the things that I was killing because she just. She just wasn't raised where you just go out and kill something in she your backyard. She had an unfounded aversion to what you were doing. She was like, what is that all about? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she started eating them. And she well, thought, I tricked her. I, she didn't start eating them. <laughs> I, you tricked her? Well, I would feed her something, and that was a good lie because I would say, try this chicken. It was a frog. <laughs> I said, try this beef. I got a recipe. I cooked them in the oven. You couldn't tell. But that you know, was a deer. Is a deer. She's like, yeah. I have never. I mean, I remember she was just looking around like, where, no, where did you buy that meat? I mean, because she was trying to figure it out. Right. And I'm like, maybe that's a deer. Of course, she was mad at first. <laughs> she's like, imagine that. But then it's like, it won out. She And so now, look, I kid you not, I've, I've been gone from her two days from my last Texas trip. She sent me a video. There were about 10 deer. Right outside my backyard, that's and, a good place to live. And, you got a, you got a good and, and winter supply small. of meat all the time. So look, she sends me the video, and under it it says, "You need to look in to when Texas deer season opens." 
That's a change. Boy, have we come a long way (laughs) in 30 years. She's now become, she's graduating out of these subdivision women. Well, yeah. The ones that are anti-Trump, the the sub-girls. If you think about it, everybody else in the subdivision. Suburban women. They're like, oh, look at the deer. Let's name them. But she was thinking, we need to get one of these and eat it. (laughs) Let's take a break. So we talk a lot on uh, this podcast about losing your hair because uh, one of our long-standing sponsors uh, is a company called Keeps, uh, and I see them a lot on their ads on TV as well. You know that they, they have a lot of different ads about mostly young guys losing their hair because I guess it when you get a little bit older like me, I don't quite worry about it quite as much as I did when well, I was thirty years old. Tying it to some people just trying to get a date, and they're like, <laughs> "Man, maybe I need <laughs> maybe if I." Maybe if I held on to my hair, right? All the little things put together, one of them is, you know, do you have some hair? Well, that's exactly right. So some of you you lonely people out there may want to check into this. So you go to keeps.com slash door, and you're going to get 50% off your first order uh, for the hair loss treatment. So it's keeps.com slash door uh, if you need these guys because, you know, they need a date, right? Hey, get that date. So can you, in a neighborhood like that, could you shoot one with a bow? Legally? Yeah. Are you putting me on the spot here? Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to take I'm a guess I don't know. and say no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I, but if, in Texas, they, they, they may let you they shoot. They may let you well, do it. I'll look into it. You, know, you can shoot a deer in my backyard, I will be shot. I would think in the state of Texas, as many people go out there to hunt, I would think if they're in your yard... You know, you need a little pruning from time well, to time. Well, well here's I just what think bothers about the me. city of Ruston, which is, you know, 30 miles from here. They had such a problem with the deer in the neighborhoods that they encouraged people, not no guns, but they encouraged right. people to bow hunt and, and start killing some of these deer. Now, you got to remember, the city I'm living in is not exactly <laughs> red. <laughs> So well, I'm you're gonna, in a red state. You're in a blue, a blue section. lake in a, in yeah, a red. But state. I'm, I will say this, I, and I think I said this a couple pack, podcasts ago. I, there's one mile out of my neighborhood to the stop sign, and there were three dead deer that had been run over. Well, right, oh, that's yeah. what so happens. I'm like, we have too many deer, and they're not that tame. I mean, they're not that wild because they're looking around. This was broad daylight when yeah. she sent me the video. There were joggers and. But, you know, shooting a bow there. I mean, look, I'll take a dare, but I'll have to see if legally I can do that because I don't want to wind up on the front page of the Austin Gazette. <laughs> the all, It's actually the Austin Statesman, Jace. That's what it's called. Their oh, paper. Yeah, okay. I, I knew that because I used to in. travel down there. They're coming out of these major liberal. cities and they're going to Texas for taxes and whatever and and probably security too, safe. They're coming there, but they they bring their ideology. Well, with them. if you notice, if they would leave their ideology, I would welcome them to say, "Come on in." You look out west at on the map, you know, when they show the colors, and same thing happened to Colorado and Arizona. Those used to be solid red states because right. the western spirit. Like you, you meet people that like generation been out west. They're some of the best people on the planet. That is I correct. I mean, they're entrepreneurs. They love, you know, they no government. Hard working. Get out of my face with the government. But all those, those, they're coming from California and Oregon, Washington, and they're doing it to Texas now. Same thing. They turn it, they call it purple, you know, because they start coming mm-hmm. in with the ideology. But you made the point before, it's so crazy because the reason you left there is why you had to leave there. That's correct. Don't bring that and then turn this leave into that, that. Leave that back wherever you came from. <laughs> Because they're just under siege. Well, I mean, it shows you the danger of ideologies and hollow and deceptive philosophy. That's what they're into. Well, the Romans won. It always comes back to that as far as God, humans, animals, in that order. We love all three, but there is, there's an order where if you get that, which a lot of these big cities, they literally have animals, humans. And no God. Yeah, God's not even. Right. I mean, you're like you value an animal more than you do, you know, an unborn baby. Yep. Well, no wonder we got so much chaos and, and they we're worship, searching for they, they, moral. One said they worship and serve created things yep. rather than the Creator. Right. That, I could. That's, that's, well, that's you wind happened. up with these, and you wind up with this ideology, like you you talked about the woman asking, could she write down you were 
white, which is yeah. a, a, she's from the Census Bureau. <laughs> I'm sitting there in a truck, uh, and I didn't have anything to do with it. I just looked down one day and I said, "Hmm, I'm white." Well, she was <laughs> viewing me, and she said, "Can I put you down on the Census Bureau as white?" And I said, "Well, you can take a look at me, whatever you think." I said, "But." Uh, it's your call. I said, well, I am who I am. That, I said, and the reason I say that is because I was watching one of these late nights. I'm trying uh, to figure out how she thought I would be offended. If because I, that's that's the thinking. That's what I'm saying. That's how crazy it is. about everything. So I heard one of these late night guys going on this rant about these people having gender reveal parties when they're like, you know, telling people what the baby is, you know, whether it's a boy or a girl. And he's like, I mean, that's the craziest thing I ever heard of. That child doesn't know what they are yet. I mean, he said it with a straight face. Yeah. Like, how can you have a gender reveal party when the, the child has to determine whether he's a male or a female? That's the, that's the sort of Because the human mindset. anatomy, it always goes back to human anatomy, and there's been two exceptions out of billions yeah. of people where somebody was born and they were, they really weren't sure. You know, that's right. It happens. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So, there's a small percentage a, of them. But if you'll notice... On what y'all call the left or whatever, however you want to classify those, they always take some sort of exception That's and right. then base their whole philosophy exactly. on that, like they do with abortion. Every they exception argue, becomes the rule. Yeah, they yeah. always argue, what if a, a woman is, is raped or... Which is horrible, and yeah, that's a difficult situation. But don't build, don't don't build a, a whole philosophy that human. It's not a human life, based on something tragic happening in a certain situation. I mean, we're going to choose life no matter what happens because we believe Jesus is life. That's right. I'm never going to choose death. That just goes against everything I read, and I think what makes this country. And then great. they mask it, Jay's, with language because then it's like it's not really killing a child. It's women's reproductive health rights, and every woman has a right to, rep- you know, well, like she. You, they've you, trained themselves. It's just to language. Look at, their, it's just, look at their child in their womb as not, it's just tissue. It's not a person. That's right. They were there at one time, and they would have to agree, yeah, was, I was there at one time. Yeah. And well, I, I, I said, think it was you. Yeah. Before you came out, yeah, it was me. I said, well, <laughs> you're, you're getting there. I think it's a little bit too, because then they'll argue, well, are you for capital punishment? And, you know, like for me, and look, I don't, I don't mind if this offends people, I'm always going to choose life. I'm like, now in a set of a situation where somebody does a heinous crime, I'm like, let the family decide. I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, if they right. if they say if he's convicted, but personally, I'm going to choose life because I'm like stick him in a you know misery to me is a greater form of punishment, or you know you know pump in sermons from one of us right. for his. That's part of his. <laughs> Dad's yeah. actually had some sermons pumped yeah. in to some death row guys, but that a lot of people <laughs> we were, don't we like that, some. and some of them came to Christ. But a lot of people don't like that, but I, I simply believe that because I'm never choosing death. I'm always on the side of, of life, right. and, and it doesn't bother me that our society does that because we do have law. If you break the law, we got to have some form of punishment. God designed the system where that functions. But me personally, I'm just not flipping the switch. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose life only because I believe that, you know, God can save somebody even though they have to suffer the consequences on the earth, you know, for the actions. Right. But to get back to the deer story, I mean, if I, I'll look and see if I can do that. But I had a thought, if I don't pull that off, I could pull pull off what one of your redneck acquaintances did who made a bad decision and shot a deer at night that wasn't real because the a fake deer the, he, well yeah it was the, a, the, it was the a game warden had set up a deer that wasn't real because he knew they had been shooting and deer at they night. had him he, where he could wag his tail yeah, a bit I saw the deer <laughs> battery operated right away. yeah and he shot the deer and he, he did the time so hang, what, up, hang on let's take a break so one of, uh, Dad, one of the saddest things about this sort of movement, I guess, that's happened this year, BLM and some of the things associated with it, is that corporations have poured hundreds of millions of dollars into some of these Marxist movements, which is really sad. I mean, you know, th- these are big, huge companies and corporations, and that somehow they saw in their infinite wisdom, we're going to send, you know, 
$10 million to Al Sharpton or whatever, you know? I mean, the few can remain rich, even with socialism, if you got the right connections. That's exactly right. So it doesn't bother them. They want to be there. So one, one of our uh, sponsors uh, is Patriot Mobile, and uh, they want folks to know that they're not that kind of company. I mean, you know, they provide uh, your cell phone coverage, but they're not going to send money to Planned Parenthood, to BLM, to all of these things like Verizon and AT&T and some of the other ones do. So if you want to, uh, if you want to switch, you want to get out of that, uh, off that train, these guys are your opportunity to do that. You get a free month of service or a free phone plus free activation. If you use the, the uh, promo code Phil, you go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil or you can give these guys a call, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Phil. I like that better. So what he did, since he couldn't hunt now, he designed his truck as basically a deer killer because he wanted to eat deer. I mean, <laughs> a rammer. He could ram them. <laughs> yeah. So he had a series of bumpers. So I've noticed that where I live, that would be an option. Yeah. Because trust me, they're there. Yeah. You, you could have one. Not that I would do that on purpose, because it would be an accident <laughs> if, I, if I hit a deer. I mean, hypothetically, you know. If it, hypothetically, <laughs> it would be an option to do the world a so, favor and save your vehicle. <laughs> so I want to mention one more thing, and we got a couple of viewer questions today, but since we were talking about abortion, something viewers may not know or listeners. So. Margaret Sanger, who's like the famous person who started Planned Parenthood and a hero to people that love abortion, was an avowed racist. I mean, like, we're talking KKK racist. And her whole idea by starting Planned Parenthood was to hopefully kill black people. Yeah. That was her goal. I mean, you can go and research this. It's very easily found. So I just find it interesting well, supposedly, that's incredible. The, I've never heard that. Oh, it's it's one hundred percent. You look into that old history, and, oh, yeah. and look who's who is being killed the most in our in our culture. It's black babies. That's true, and it's heinous and it's terrible. And and if she were alive, she'd be rubbing her hands together because it worked. And what's amazing is the same people who are defending that claim to be. You know, defender of all people, all colors, you know, Black Lives Matter, whatever. It's like the hypocrisy. I mean, only the evil one could develop such a heinous plan is what's happening. You know, when I was looking at this deal, we talked about the Texas Rangers uh, indicting Netflix for showing children unclothed or whatever. I I haven't seen it. I'm just taking their word for it. But when I was looking at the responses on that, well, they were all the people who were defending Netflix. Yeah. They were like, well, it's a, it's a freedom of speech, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. And I thought, now you're going to take the Constitution and defend that. But then when you get the same people, oh, yeah. when it comes to the right to bear arms, no, we need to get that the heck out of there. <laughs> and that's why it, it's so, to me, they once you just fit a narrative, and how you want the society to be, you're no longer listening to logic. That's right. It just becomes, this is what we're for, this is what we're against. I'm not sure who's making those decisions, but then there's no conversation because the one very thing, which when you think about that freedom of speech, there's nothing about freedom of speech. They're not saying anything. You took a kid and you're disrobing them in a sexual way that you're breaking the law. Nobody, nobody's saying anything. We're, we're, but they're like, well, yeah, but they're in a media outlet. So they have the right to do that. No, you don't. That that's wrong. (laughs) You sinned against that kid because that kid's not old enough to realize, you know, because they were saying, well, we're drawing attention to it. Well, you did it the wrong way. You did it in an illegal way. We're going to defend the innocent. So here's my point. The same vein. The reason we're upset about that is because I'm looking at this 10-year-old kid who's in this show, and I want to defend that kid because adults made decisions that did not defend their innocent. Their life is going to have to deal with that for the remainder that they're alive. Because yep. embar- when they get older, I guarantee you they'll be like, why why'd you, why'd you let Probably me do Probably money changed in hands because the parents would have stepped in and said, no. Yeah. But... Well, I'm sure they chose money. Their parents let it go for the money. And again, to show you the hypocrisy, Jason, I talked about it Sunday in my sermon. There was a, in 2016, there was a 
young African-American man. Well, he may be African. He, his name is – he's a foreigner. But he's going to college in Georgia, on a college campus in Georgia, Gwinnett College. And he's a Christian. He's fired up about it. So he goes out in the public square there, whatever, and, and so sharing his faith with people that would come up and talk to him. They said, nope. Even though he was in the quote-unquote free speech zone – which was this little tiny place where they say you could go and talk. And it was only, you could only do it like two hours out of the week. I mean, think about the, the set. And look, he's trying to do it all the right way. So he's following their little rules and all that. He goes out, he starts sharing his faith. People are talking to him. The cops come and say, can't do, no, no, no go here. The campus security police. So he's, he sued for his right to be able to do that. Two courts said, nope, nope, you can't do that. And I thought it was funny because you talked about free speech zone, like the college made that up. I thought I thought the country was a free speech zone uh, yeah. to share your faith. Well, guess what? The Supreme Court has taken the case this summer, and so my buddies at ADF are going to you know, speak on his behalf. But I just thought the hypocrisy that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. that people – I can guarantee you the same people who defend this Netflix trash would say – Oh, they were right not to let that guy share his faith on that college campus. It's just it's there the hypocrisy is so yeah. deep on this thing. But that's why terrible. Jesus shows us a great eight meals we talked about yeah. last podcast. Because there's there's gotta be a bridge. Our way to do it is to introduce Jesus and and somehow that because unless the hearts change, you're not gonna out argue them because the arguments are so illogical. What what are you gonna say? They're not gonna say, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. you're 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 right." All right. Well, I was not thinking. Yeah, that's a that's a human baby inside of me. What? A few turn. A few turn. But I'm saying in Jesus, if you want to change their their policies and the hypocrisy, you change the heart. Yeah. Which is because what they don't realize is most of the things that they're for, Jesus actually provides. You're talking yeah. about. It, Equality. Yep. I mean, it doesn't matter where you've been or your gender neutrality, you know, and you're right. like, what? Well, in Christ, there's neither male nor female. That's exactly right. Galatians 3 28. That's right. We don't, we're, we're all on the same neither equal footing here. Can't get much equal, equal there. <laughs> Let's take one last break. I, and I think your, I think your illustration of that was when we had the Just Thinking guys on our podcast a few weeks back. I mean, here's two black guys, city guys. We're red-bearded rednecks out in Louisiana, and yet what was the one thing that brought us together? And, I mean, th- those guys, it was, like, it was like us having this conversation and then two more guys because we all love Jesus. Oh, and right. we love people. And we're all, I mean, like, I mean, that shows you right there, Jesus really is the answer to our country's ales. No I mean, doubt. To everything that's there. Well, you know what's funny? I didn't even share it on that when we had them on there. I didn't even know they were black until I looked at the TV and I was like, oh, <laughs> we didn't sound. know. Yeah, I just didn't know. I, but, and I don't think that way. I'm not thinking, you know, we say this all the time, but re- we really have become colorblind yeah. in, in Jesus. <laughs> right. I'm never basing an opinion based on the color of someone's skin. I'm not noticing. But to me, our culture wants to notice. Right. They're like, we got to draw attention to this. Well, that's what the whole problem is. We're yeah. drawing, how are we different? That's right. Is whatever, you know, we have and, a month for this and a week of this and you're this and I'm that. And we need to celebrate this and that, our differences. And I'm like, well, I just didn't notice. And people would say, there's a lot of people in the country that think we're just dumb, idiot hicks, you know, because we're, where we're from, how we talk. I'm pretty sure I'm called that every day. <laughs> and I don't really disagree <laughs> <laughs> we were smart enough to find jesus and find some good women though so well guess, there you I go mean, right there you go i don't claim all right so be. let me ask this one question this is from adam it says uh <clears throat> speaking of which how do you all study the bible and remember where all the verses are <laughs> i mean like he's like he's impressed by our biblical knowledge so what what would you say to adam what is our secret of uh knowing so much about adam are you listening dude uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here's one. <laughs> that you remember. No, he wants to know how you can do this. That's yeah. right. Now, see, you said, well, how would you have known where to go answer? Why did you know where to go? That's right. what he wants That's to know. That's the, the, the way you do it. Adam, what you ha- need to learn, son, is this right here. 
he's speaking of the scriptures, the Hebrew writer. He said, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain because you're so slow to learn. You don't know where the verses are. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, it's a growing process, Adam. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. So here's a group of individuals that are asking the same question you ask, Adam. How do you know where all the scriptures are? Anyone who lives on milk being still an infant is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. You say there's a phase you have to go through, and here it is. Solid food, these scriptures, you know where they are. It answers every question there is. Where did it all come from? What am I doing here? Is there a way out? How should I live? Where do I go and look and find some advice? Solid food is for the mature. You're not there yet, Adam, but we're going to help you get there. <laughs> Who by constant use, now that's critical. Every day, Adam, you get out, you take a topic, any topic, look in your concordance and just look at, uh, uh, today I think I'll look at all the Bible verses about perfection and just see what that means. Read all the verses, look them up. You spend about 45 minutes or an hour. The next day you say, I wonder what he has to say about, you know, Redeemer or Redeemer. I think I'll look up Redeemer over in my concordance in the back of my Bible. Get to R and you look down there. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You look down there. <laughs> so you look up words. Who by constant use, solid food, have, and check us out, Adam. No one can do it for you because you have to train yourself. Self-training to know where the answers lie because the Bible answers it all. You say, I've got to, be, I've got to train myself to do what them guys do. They've trained themselves to dig into this Bible and to find out the answers to the questions that mankind has. They have trained themselves to do something uh, earth-shattering, Adam, to distinguish good from evil. You train yourself to know the difference between good and evil. Take the Bible verses, upload them in your brain so that you're very aware of what you're visually seeing, what you're hearing. Is it good or evil? I see the little chicks dancing around half naked. You say, not good. That's not good for them. It's not good for their parents. It's not good for the country. It's not good in their stand before God. It's not good. Lewdness. Uh, of filthy hints of immorality. You say, get rid of all them. You know where the verses are. You look up at Ephesians 4. That's where you find that. So you, you're able to, to live a life walking in the light. You know where the scriptures are. You know the difference think between good and evil. Yeah, I think your answer was constant use. Constant use. Well, it's weird as Al had that written down. He was showing me. <laughs> that's that's the same it was written down. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I know, but I you thought of it that. the same as you did. So here's but, another little buttress for what you just said, Acts 17, 11. I love this. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, and here's why. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That's right. And so that's that same well, philosophy you're talking I about. I have a little different take on this question because I'm not very smart and I'm not disciplined enough just to go study. So I learned basically, I guess, three ways, I guess. One is from studying with people. So I'm trying to share Jesus, mm -hmm. and that's they ask me a question right. yep. that I don't know. And it's I have no problem when someone says, "Well, what about?" Because a lot of the questions are have have nothing to do with their salvation or importance, but they want to know. And, and I'm like, I don't know. So when they I relish the idea, when you say, "I don't know," yeah, I don't know. I said, "But I'll get back to you on it." So I go home. Well, now I have a reason to study because I'm curious. I'm like, that's a good question. And so I, so that's one way that I've. I've done it. Uh, another thing is I try to get the point, which I believe is Jesus. I've said this numerous times. You know, Genesis to Malachi, Jesus is coming to earth. Matthew through John, Jesus is here. Acts of Revelation, Jesus is coming back. The reason I'm making a point out of that is because I think explaining the point is more important 
than knowing all the verses. Right. But in that vein, you kind of see how everything supports that thesis. So I'm always curious as to make sure that that thesis is true. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly studying, making sure, well, how did this fit into that arena? So I don't know how that would be, but to me it's a motivation for me to study. Another thing I was going to say is uh, by doing by speaking. You know, I get asked to speak, and based on 1 Peter 3.15, I'm never going to say no within right. reason unless it's something right. that's not on the up and up. So I try to, because I, I'm viewing the, that verse as always be prepared to give an answer to everyone ask you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this. That's basically Adam's yeah. question. Yeah. So I'm, I, stu- I, I learn more and study more when I'm having to give a lesson, right. like at church or right. a Bible class, because I'm like, I, I don't really, I'm not studying to try to share everything, but I want to make sure, I don't want to get up there and speak on behalf of God and God's word and say something wrong or right. stupid. So I spend a tremendous amount of time making sure whatever point I'm bringing out is actually legitimate. I generally get to the point when uh, they ask a question that I don't know the answer to. I'll say, I don't know the answer to that, but here's what I do know. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, I give them what I do know and I give them the verses. But if it, I said that that may help you in that particular area, you know, but I don't mind telling somebody, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. But it, none it, of us. One of our, our mentor, Bill Smith. Yeah. It doesn't take away from what you do know. Yeah. Our mentor used to always say, in my studied opinion, I, I like the way that he framed that because I could be wrong. So that's good advice. I, I agree with everything both of y'all said. Well, I want to say one more thing, though. None of us tried to learn the Bible per se. It just happened. Right. By the ways we're discussing. Yeah. It, it was the constant use. You just looked up. And when somebody says a verse, I'm like you, Phil. I don't know the numbers all the time, but I know where it is on my Bible. Yeah. Because we just I know where it is on the page. And I remember our grandparents, you know, instill that in us too, because y'all would have Bible studies and we me and Jay's would sit in on it. So that was Well that's true. And don't and don't look, don't shy away from arguments because being in immature arguments was how I learned a lot of Bible. I oh, got yeah. a, you know what I mean? I got a video this yeah. morning from a guy that uh, he, his nine-year-old son, was re- he, he videoed it, sent it to him. He was reading the Bible to him. He said, this has become our nightly ritual before he goes to bed. He's nine years old. He just reads the Bible to his dad. I said, man, that's a double blessing. Oh, I mean, the kid's no learning it, but Look, he's I here. wish I'd have had that when I was young. I didn't. Right. But, I mean, Phil and them, they weren't following the Lord, whatever. You can't use that for an excuse. Right. But... I did do that with my kids, but I'm just saying practically, you don't have to be very smart to figure this out. Right. If you get hooked on Jesus and you want, you love people, you'll use this because, look, here's what I found, and we can all echo this. It's always right. That's right. It's always true. It's never let us down. Every time. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.